Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us now is senior writer at TigerBait.com at BLDOR at B-L-D-O-R-E on Twitter. Brian Lazar joined us now. Brian, uh, a lot of Tigers uh, did not play last week in week one and, uh, of course, found that out later. Uh, The ones that did not play last week, Brian, uh, because of various reasons, which ones are you expecting back tonight in the fold for LSU? Well, I think, I think most of them will be back tonight. Uh, it would be probably easier to say the ones that I don't expect back. Uh, and I think the biggest one is defensive end Frank Heron. I, I don't expect him to see him out there again tonight. I see another week at least for, if not more, suspension for him. But when you look at the, uh, you know, the other guys who figured on playing, uh, you know, Donnie Alexander, Kevin Tolliver in particular, those were two starters. You know, I would expect them to uh, to be back. So uh, most of the players who were suspended last week uh, will be back. And, and, again, I think the one player who will be missing that you would say would, would be a regular player is Frank Heron. Brian, now from week one to week two is where you see the most improvement. There were a few things you can kind of look at. We talked about throughout the week, obviously, a high number of penalties. They had seven at the break. They finished with 10 for 86. Uh, red zone, three of six there. The long drive, obviously, one that hurts on the fourth and goal. You don't get in. Uh, some things you you thought and some of the things that the players and coaches talked about this week, they saw back on the tape that they're looking to improve on from week one to week two tonight. Well, I think you, you pointed out two of the three. I think the third one was the special team. You know, I think they could have gotten a little bit more the kickoffs, especially since Ed Ogeron had been saying that he wants his kickoff to go into the end zone, and only one of Connor, Kelp, Connor Culp's six kicks went for a touchback. And, and Ed said on uh, Tuesday that uh, the, the competition for kickoff is open again this week, so it'll be interesting to see who gets the, gets the job tonight. But, uh, you know, cut down on the penalties. And, you know, I really don't think that the red zone issues were that bad. I mean, I know they, they didn't score touchdowns all the time. But uh, I think special teams and cutting down on penalties is the two big things tonight. Hey, Brian Herb here. Um, you know, you spoke on the guys that missed the game last week. Who do you think will have the biggest impact out of those guys who actually did not play last week? And also, do you think we'll get to see Dante Jackson return a punt or a kickoff this week? Uh, well, it's pretty interesting. That's a good question. You know, I would say that Kevin Tolliver is probably LSU's best cover corner. I really think he's even a little bit better than Dante Jackson. So I think him not being there, uh, you know, he's somebody that's going to really be valuable, though. I think Greedy Williams did a pretty good job in his replacement. Uh, you know, Donnie Alexander, uh, you know, solid player. But, you know, I think Devin White's the better inside linebacker at that position. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Frank Heron, him being out, that just hurts their depth at on the defensive line at defensive end. So I think that that's going to, you know, that's certainly 
a, a, a big loss. And, you know, from a personnel standpoint, I think Kevin Tolliver is the best player who was suspended last week. Dante Jackson returning kick. <clears throat> Ed said there's no doubt he's the fastest guy and can make the biggest play, but the first thing you can do before you can make the big play is catch the football. And obviously uh, the coaching staff is still a little bit concerned about uh, Jackson hauling in the punts before he can take off with them. Senior writer at TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar, is our special guest. Brian, uh, obviously one thing going into the season, a question mark, and it, it's going to be until you get a few big wins under your belt, uh, conference wins and conference wins on the road, is the offensive line. Uh, with that said, your thoughts on how they performed in week one, and uh, you know, we talked about the, the few players that had experience going into it, and it really wasn't that much. And then what Garrett Brumfield did, he was recognized by the SEC. Your take on what the O-line did in week one. I thought they did fine, you know, considering, you know, the injuries that you had. And, and, you know, realize this, you had Will Clapp playing a new position. He's at center for the first time. You know, everybody considers Toby Weathersby as a veteran, but he'd only started four games at right tackle before last week. So it wasn't like he's somebody that has been out there a lot. You know, K.J. Malone really was the one guy who was back, uh, you know, at his same position. And then you had two guys who had never started before in Sadiq Charles and, and Garrett Brumfield. Like you said, Garrett was the SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week. So, no, I thought they were – they did a, a good job against a good front. And now we'll just see if they can maintain it. I think three of the five starters had a penalty, so that's certainly something which you don't want to see. But, uh, you know, we'll just have to – it's going to be a mismatch tonight. So, we're not going to know a little – look, I really don't think you're going to know a whole lot about the offensive line until it hits the, hit October. Brian, when you when you talk about this, Herbert mentioned this earlier. Let's just say that Chattanooga does some things tonight differently than what BYU did. We were kind of expecting or suspecting that BYU may have crowded the line a little more than they did, but they really didn't. I mean, there was a few times they shaded – you know, more than six, and like they were going to jam a box, but they kind of played pretty much off, uh, like almost like, uh, okay, look, we're just going to play it and see what we, what we can do. And, of course, LSU 58, 57 rushes versus 18 passes. But let's flip it and let's say that tonight Chattanooga crowds the box. Would that lead to Coach Canada maybe uh, doing something more in the passing game, or do you expect it to – be like, hey, if we don't have to show it, we don't have to show it. I guess my question is, would Chattanooga put them in a position where they may have to show a little something different? Yeah, I mean, I think if Chattanooga's going to say, we're going to totally take the runaway, you know, then I think LSU's going to throw the football. Look, look, what BYU said was, we're going to take the long runaway. We're not going to let Darius Geis break a 60-yard touchdown run. And it worked. You know, Geis didn't have any long runs during the game. The longest run for an LSU back was Darrell Williams at 16 yards. So it worked. Uh, now, few teams do that. You know, most teams, when they play LSU, say, we don't want to get beat by the run, period. So we're going to play everybody in the box and make them throw. So if Chattanooga, it'll be interesting to see if Chattanooga uses that approach or if they say, well, look, look let's, let's do what uh, BYU did at least uh, – they didn't give up those long touchdown runs and make them have to, you know, put together long drives to score touchdowns. Senior writer at TigerBay.com, Brian Lazar is our special guest. Brian, uh, you look at the high number of freshmen that LSU played last week, the ones they started. Uh, how does that bow well in your eyes moving forward in recruiting? And uh, these guys, how, how did they grade out? 
coaches talked about it. We know what Coach O said on Monday and then, of course, uh, what he said on his coaches' show. But uh, some of those freshmen of those ones that played, uh, do, do you think that we're looking at something to where it's, hey, uh, you're looking at building depth moving forward? Or are these guys, when it comes down to it, you're going to see these guys. This isn't just BYU and UT Chattanooga. You're going to see them state, Auburn, Alabama, and so forth. That's a, a lot of players, 15 of them youngsters. Well, I think you, you don't look at the number 17. Look at who was in the game in the first half when the game was still competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensively, there were just two. It was the two guys at, at right guard. There was no other true freshman on the field offensively in the first half when the game was competitive. Uh, defensively, uh, you know, there was no defensive lineman on the field in the first half. Uh, now, Caleb on Chaston started at outside linebacker because Arden Key's not there, but I think even when Key gets back, you're going to see Chaston a lot uh, in, in pass rushing situations. Uh, I think you're still going to see Tyler Taylor a lot, even though Johnny Alexander's back and possibly you could see Jacob Phillips a lot as a backup inside linebacker. And then in the secondary, you know, certainly you're going to see Grant Delpit a lot at safety, and you're going to see uh, uh, Kerry Vincent as the nickelback. Now, really, I think you could cut it off right there. You know, when you look at guys that were playing when the game was undecided in the first half. So what did I name? I named two offensive linemen. I named uh, three linebackers and two guys in the secondary. So that's really seven of the 17 who were involved in plays from scrimmage in the first half when the outcome was was up in the air, which is still a lot more than what LSU has used in, in recent years. Brian Lazar. Brian, LSU, big favorite tonight. What, what are you expecting LSU to come out, the objective in this contest, and how you see this one unfolding tonight? Well, execute well. Uh, cut down on penalties, uh, convert in the red zone, and and most importantly, not get anybody hurt. So uh, I think LSU has no trouble tonight. Look, Chattanooga is a good FCS program, but they're playing without its its returning all-conference quarterback who is suspended for the first four games of the year. So I think LSU has no problems. This is over by halftime. I'm going to call it LSU 45, Chattanooga 9. That is senior writer at TigerBay.com. Brian Lazar, follow Brian on Twitter at BLDOR, at B-L-D-O-R-E. Brian, thank you very much for the time. Okay, talk to you guys later. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.